I had to ask myself a very important question. What was worth more? Feeling truly seen, heard, validated, and loved? Or simply acknowledged when it was convenient for him? Now, this is where we as survivors find ourselves hoovering ourselves back in sometimes. And this is when we have set our boundaries. And then we begin gaslighting ourselves, minimizing what really happened to cause for our boundaries to be placed there in the first place. Hey, I'm Regina Marie. I started this podcast to share with other survivors what has helped me heal from my untold stories about surviving my past abusive relationships. And since abuse knows no gender, age, race, or religion, allow this to become your roadmap to start healing from your abusive trauma today. You want to know it's beautiful, seeing your self-love grow right in front of your gorgeous face. And pretty soon, you'll be saying things like, but remaining loyal to you after you mistreat me is called trauma bonding. And that's not what I'm doing anymore. Welcome back to my Healing Village podcast, episode six. This week's topic is about setting boundaries. Boundaries are extremely important for healthy relationships, and they're a huge part of the healing journey for many of us. Yet, they are something many people, myself included, struggle with. And in today's episode, I'm going to be very vulnerable and very raw. So PSA that it gets pretty, pretty real. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that you've probably been treated like a doormat at times, or maybe you found yourself to be a yes man more than you'd like to admit, or how about accepting less than you or your family deserve simply to keep the peace as to not want to have to deal with an episode from your partner. I'm guilty of all of these. There's no judgment. There's actually a quote I read the other day on Instagram that said, daring to set boundaries is about having the courage to love ourselves, even when we risk disappointing others. Now, before I get into that real personal story about boundaries that I previously mentioned, let's dive in a little bit about the types of boundaries that exist. Now, the ones we'll cover right now are just physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. So here are a few phrases we can practice saying about each one as we become more comfortable with setting boundaries. Now, I wasn't aware any of these existed. It was my understanding growing up that I only respond, behave, or act how someone else wanted me to, especially if I wanted them to be happy. So here they are, and you can jot these down for reference if you'd like. When discussing physical boundaries, you can say phrases like, I am allowed to set my personal space. I am allowed to reject unwanted touch. I am allowed to listen to what my body needs. For mental, some phrases you can say are, I decide how much I want to share from my life. I don't have to listen to conversations I don't like. And I won't let anyone treat me less than what I deserve. Spiritual phrases, I am allowed to believe whatever I want to. I am allowed to define my purpose. I can stand up for myself as many times as I want. And lastly, emotional. I am allowed to feel whatever I am feeling right now. I recognize I am not responsible for anyone's feelings. I am allowed to choose what relationship I want with other people. Those last three are probably the toughest for me. (laughs) Really, those are the toughest for me. Now, disappointing others was simply unacceptable because if and when I did that, especially for my caretaker growing up, the repercussions were just completely being ignored, literally walking past me as if I did not exist 
for days and weeks. Now that to me is far worse than any physical abuse I've ever received. We'd also received guilt-dripped emails about how we kids are responsible for our mother's happiness. Therefore, what we want and how we feel about certain situations doesn't matter. If we're sad, don't be. We're going to church for her. We're all going to be out together for lunch and for a movie as a family for her. Everything we did together was for her. You guys are bickering. Suck it up for the next two hours for her. The only important thing to remember was to put her first. And then if that still didn't work and one of us still bowed out or still spoke up or still tried to set a boundary, we were met by yelling or feeling intimidated or afraid. So why would we ever feel safe speaking up or setting another boundary again? Now, how do our bodies then interpret and respond to that? Well, we start to minimize how important our individual needs are. And then that cycle perpetuates into every relationship, beginning from your caretaker to teachers, to friends, to employers, to spouses, to our own kids. We learn to count on ourselves and we do it on our own because asking for help was really difficult to do. Now, there is beauty to be found from that. You become extremely independent, extremely self-reliant. I was raised with the motto, all men are scum which was interpreted many ways, but ultimately it was reinforced that the only person we can count on for our happiness is ourselves. Financially, we're going to be the ones educated. We're going to have the job. We're going to make sure we have an income. We're not ever going to put ourselves in a situation where we have to rely on a man to take care of us because, and my dad would vouch for this, they're not reliable. Now, the why behind the behaviors were never addressed or at least spoken up when I was a kid. I could only assume what they were. Now, some downsides to that were You're also very disconnected from your own needs. You struggle asking for help. You struggle asking for support. And you feel the need to receive their approval, their support, their acceptance time and time again. Now, I don't believe all men are scum. I believe the men that I've been attracted to because of my trauma responses have been scum. But I also believe that that scum in them is simply unhealed inner childhood wounds. And I believe that if those were healed, they wouldn't be the self-sabotaging toxic monster. So that phrase really did not serve us well at all. Because as you express, so you experience. So as I am saying, you know, all these guys I date cheat on me, all these guys do this, all these guys do that. And they did. As I expressed it, so I experienced I was basically manifesting that. Now here's a very personal story about how having a lack of boundaries or witnessing them held by others shaped decisions I made at the impressionable young age of 16, 17 years old. So during my junior, senior year of high school in Arizona, I was dating a guy I knew back from Chicago where I also attended high school. I was a saving myself until marriage girl. And then after a year of dating, being prom prince, prom princess, all the wonderful things, having this be the first, what I thought healthy relationship I've ever experienced. I mean, I was met with a promise ring. It's a Chicago thing, I think. Not many people do that. But I remember the conversation of, I love you. I'm in love with you. We're going to end up together. I want to be with you. I want to only be with you. When you only be with me, this is our story. I mean, it was like a Taylor Swift thing. And of course, the little girl imagining her wedding day and reaching her 50th wedding anniversary was on cloud nine. So I scheduled an appointment with Planned Parenthood to begin birth control. I remember walking in that room. I was wearing my Jesus fish necklace and earrings. I was Southern Baptist at the time. I was wearing these khaki pants and a white blouse and white heels. There were two TVs on in the screen and there were girls being interviewed and they were all saying things like, I wish I would have waited. I wish I would have waited. I would have waited had I known. And I just keep hearing this and my stomach dropped. I began asking, why am I going against my values? So I listened to my instincts. I got up. I walked out to my car. 
I called him while crying, attempting to express my concerns with the fear that he would be upset. And I set a boundary saying, I can't do this. I want to wait. I was met with annoyance, irritation, and manipulation. I thought you loved me. This is how you prove that you love me. I know you're only going to be with one man. And if you want that one man to be me, this is your chance. And when I met him back with, well, if we're going to be together anyway, what's one or two more years of waiting? And his reply was, because I may not wait that long. Now, I couldn't believe what I heard. My stomach dropped. My heart just, I felt like stopped beating. I couldn't believe how I was feeling. And honestly, it was a slap in the face. And that kind of rejection reminded me of my father, which if I haven't expressed this in previous podcasts, he left our family for other women multiple times. So his presence in my life was already shaky and unpredictable. But then he would come back. So then I'd witnessed the whole abuse cycle of him taking care of my mom and wooing her and the whole forgiving and fake future promises and then the eggshells and the explosion, all of the things. I've witnessed that over and over. His explosions weren't as aggressive. His explosions were, or you know, that phase was more of leaving the family or the whole silent treatment for three months, things like that. So then my thoughts shifted to my mother and all of the minimization of behaviors by saying things like, well, he's getting better, Regina. No one's perfect. And Jesus told us to forgive 77 times 7. Now, I wanted to be Christ-like, just like her. And I felt like if I didn't do what she did, if I didn't turn the other cheek, then I wasn't upholding the whole WWJD, what would Jesus do mentality at the time. Remember those bracelets? It was a big thing then. Now, hindsight being what it is and looking back, I wish I knew who Brooke Davis from One Tree Hill was. And I wish I channeled her energy and her attitude. But my fear of rejection and abandonment were deeply triggered from the first man I've ever fallen in love with, that my sense of boundaries were non-existent if that meant I'd keep him and I'd keep him happy. Now cut to, we graduate high school. I'm now moving to Chicago for college to be near him. My heart was now tied to his. I've made this intimate physical choice and contract to be with him, even though it's not legal. I was in love with the man. He treated me like a queen. I was spoiled rotten. Now my father not knowing any of the above story, met me with a, well, if you move to Chicago for school, you're going to break your mother's heart. You're going to cause her to be sad. And if you make her sad, I'm not going to call you or speak to you while you're in college the entire time. So at that point, I had already attached myself to another man. I didn't really need nor look, and I couldn't care less about his acceptance, approval, or support. So I went. You can't tell me what to do. So I later unrealized he was completely projecting his own guilt and shame onto me for all of the sadness and grief he caused her. But at the time, I wasn't putting that together. Now, things didn't turn out as pleasant as I expected, though. I returned home back to Arizona after the first semester of college because within four months of me giving myself to him intimately, I was met with physical abuse, stronger verbal and emotional abuse, and finally, rejection of him telling me one night after being intimate that he won't ever be able to look at me the same way as he did before because I wasn't as Christ-like as he thought. And as soon as I heard those words, I ran to the dorm bathroom and I just threw up. And he held back my hair while I did it. Now, we were still on and off for a couple months as we were attempting long distance because I just needed some separation. But a few months later, we had a whole Ross and Rachel moment where I told him I needed a week break to decide if this was what was best for me. And he ultimately cheated on me with another woman who he had been friends with for as long as we'd been dating. I found out and stopped all communication. He then flew out to Arizona begging me to take him back, and I wouldn't. I couldn't. I found the first boundary I was able to uphold that I wouldn't forgive infidelity like my mom did. And he ended up marrying the girl he cheated on me with, and they have two beautiful babies together now. Now, 
He and I remain in contact every now and then, I would say maybe once a year, just to check in on each other, see how we're doing. It's all amicable. But he would make comments to me like, I miss you. I can't believe you put up with so much from your ex. You never let me get away with anything like you let him. And in my head, I just kept thinking, after getting hit so many times, or if any of you experience this runner's high when you're running, after running so many miles, you just become numb. And that's where I was. I was numb. And it's not that I was accepting of my boundaries being violated, but I had lost all hope that they were even considered or even mattered. Now, the other day I was cleaning out my car before picking up the kids, and I was listening to one of my favorite daily morning podcasts. He had mentioned he recently read Will Smith's book, where a portion of it was difficult to read as it discussed the tumultuous engagement between his parents' behaviors towards each other. And after Will Smith witnessed his dad hit his mom so hard that she fell to the floor, she got back up and she said, you can hit me, but you can't hurt me. It's going to happen again. As soon as I heard that, I just broke down in tears and I couldn't put together why. Now, if you've ever seen the movie Bride Wars, I feel like I'm Liv Lerner at the end where she just cries over everything now and says, it's like a whole new me. I'm stumbling around a little bit, but I'm awake. And that's how I feel with setting boundaries now, with hearing other women set boundaries. I mean, it's empowering. I feel I'm becoming a healthy mix of being sensitive to other people's emotions and needs, while also being numb to the feeling any pain they project. So having that separation. I've learned that their pain is about them and their attempt to hurt me because they are hurt. And my body simply rejects that notion now. It doesn't make it okay, but I'm able to understand what they're doing. And as soon as my body tunes into that, it's like a shield just goes up and it just bounces right off. And I'm so grateful that I'm at that place because I used to absorb everything, everything. And that takes a lot, a huge toll on your body. Now, here are some unhealthy versus healthy boundaries to contemplate where you're at in healing because healing is not linear, right? So here's kind of the opposite of each of these thoughts. So the unhealthy boundary would be, or the unhealthy thought is trusting everyone and trusting no one. So you're either, I trust everyone until they give me a reason not to, or I trust no one until they give me a reason to. Like that's an unhealthy boundary to set. The healthy boundary is you develop appropriate trust over time. That doesn't mean you start with ground zero. Maybe you give people, you know, starting at a C, right? And then they have a choice to move up to a B or a D. Another unhealthy one is having rigid black and white thinking. And the healthy boundary to that is realizing that some things are gray areas and that's okay. An unhealthy thought process is giving in to something when you really don't want to. And a healthy one would be asserting yourself and accepting when someone says no. Unhealthy is expecting others to meet your needs. And a healthy is clearly communicating your needs and wants. Unhealthy is giving too much or giving nothing at all. And healthy is respecting others' generosity. Now, this is why my intro for the podcast was so selectively chosen. When I say on there, pretty soon you'll hear yourself saying things like, but remaining loyal to you after you mistreat me is called trauma bonding. And that's not what I'm doing anymore. That was a real sound snippet of a voice message that I had sent to a guy after the first couple signs of mixed signals and inconsistent behavior after I had been love bombed. Now, I wouldn't have been able to say that 15 years ago. I had no idea what a trauma bond was. I had no idea how to recognize what love bombing was. And worse, I had no idea what being mistreated was like because being treated that way was all I knew. Now, something to remember when you're setting a boundary is that toxic people view boundaries 
or you setting boundaries as if you're holding a grudge. The guy I said that phrase to, he may or may not even listen to this podcast as he's a Marine serving in Japan right now whose MOS is ATC, but hi, if you're listening. But I'm so deeply grateful for him. I'm grateful for the lessons he taught me, that I was able to put my education to practice to not only recognize unhealthy behaviors, but to call them out and to act accordingly. So I set my very first healthy boundary only after experiencing the recognizable cognitive dissonance that I've grown accustomed to over the years of trying to differentiate truth from lies. My discernment has always been spot on. It's how to act next that I always reached hesitation. I was terrified to call him out. I was terrified it would push him away. I was terrified I'd go back to not having someone to talk to with every day or have that connection with. I was terrified of losing him. So I responded with blocking him on everything, which I now realize was stonewalling, for a week to gain clarity of what was happening. What's going on right now? You just went from talking to me 24-7 to talking to me once every What's going on? So I had to ask myself a very important question. What was worth more? Feeling truly seen, heard, validated, and loved? or simply acknowledged when it was convenient for him. Now, this is where we as survivors find ourselves hoovering ourselves back in sometimes. And this is when we have set our boundaries. And then we begin gaslighting ourselves, minimizing what really happened to cause for our boundaries to be placed there in the first place. So thoughts like, man, was I being too harsh? What if I just burned a bridge and it could have been something great? Did I just self-sabotage? He had a rough childhood and felt abandoned by both parents growing up. I don't want to add to that. So this is where we separate church from state. And there's a quote I read the other day that says, if protecting your energy burns some bridges, I've got matches, we write at dawn. And my energy has never been more important to protect than it is now. And not just because it impacts me, but there's a direct correlation to my children's emotional well-being. And remember, some people will pretend that it was very difficult to communicate with you, that you were difficult to manage once you've set a boundary, that it's something they don't want to deal with. But when you know yourself, and you are constantly paying attention to your surroundings, then rest assured they just don't like the fact that you're not some random fool and they can't take advantage of or manipulate you. And when they leave you alone after you call them out, it means they know you're able to see your self-worth and see their actions for what they are. Count that as a win. So I found myself balancing between being Christ-like or the idea of what Christ-like was supposed to be from growing up and setting boundaries, which up to now was always a bad thing. So while this is something new, I'm still navigating, and I'll be honest to say it's still a little bit of a mess. I won't pretend to have it all together, but my thought process goes like this. I am still number one. My needs come first, period. Then my children, right? Your mask on first, then your kids' masks on the plane. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that he is worthless or unlovable or a bad person. I still want him to feel seen, heard, and valued because I wasn't as a kid. I don't want his inner child to continue to be wounded still. So there's my savior complex shining through. Now, all the while not allowing myself to cross the line into being disrespected again by him. So this is where my avoidant attachment comes into play, where I keep distance. So I would send messages with positive podcasts or specific songs or Instagram memes, anything that I feel he'd resonate with. But since setting my boundary, he's left me alone. And that's all the closure I need. It doesn't mean I wasn't enough for him. It doesn't mean I didn't receive his approval or the acceptance. What it means is, And like what Jada Pinkett Smith said at the Red Table, how I love myself is how I teach others how to love me. So by him backing down, it says in volume that he couldn't love me the way I needed to be loved, at least with who he is today. Is change possible? Of course. Does it require a lot of inner work? 
Absolutely. But again, that's their decision. It's their timetable. It's their desire, not mine. And their decision to either better themselves or not has no direct correlation or reflection about your own worthiness. It only speaks volumes about them, where they're at mentally, where they're at emotionally, and what they believe they're capable of giving or what they believe they're capable of deserving. Now, I'm not about to alter my needs, nor am I about to ask him to be someone he's not capable of being. It's easy to say there's just too much to lose, so just don't fall in love. But I will continue to love him for all of who he is. And remember that loving someone who isn't good for you doesn't mean you have to keep them a part of your life. It also doesn't mean that one day they can't better themselves. Wouldn't that be serendipitous? Now, one of my favorite Instagram quotes says, and I made a reel about this, let me be clear. My love is unconditional, but your presence in my life is not. And the moment that you prove that your value of me does not measure up to my sense of self-worth is the moment that I will have no problem unconditionally loving the memory of you and moving on. Now, recently I posted something on Instagram directed towards my fellow lovely empaths that says, it's not our responsibility to make sure they feel a certain way or to fix them. While I am done trying to fix people, and instead now I just hand them the tools to help them take care of themselves, I do still find my empathic self wanting their ego to know they still matter. That's my inner childhood wound still that just you, I still need to make sure you know that you matter. And this being the last week of Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, their suicide rate is the highest. Now add on being in the military, it gets higher. Add on being a Marine, it gets even higher. So the percentages for survival rates are smaller and smaller. So yes, while what I consider how he treated me to be mistreatment, it might not be to other girls that he speaks with, but I'm not other girls. I consider the things he did as mistreatment due to my own set of new boundaries and new lack of tolerance of bullshit level, which is pretty low at this point because I've been to hell and back again. But as he is a person, someone I grew close to, someone I shared deep secrets with, someone I went to high school with 20 years ago, he still matters. And to take my own advice, I deleted everything. The contact, the pictures, the conversation threads, and I've moved on. Now, being able to move on, which is acceptance, is then to be followed with finding meaning, right? That sixth stage of grief. So here is the meaning I found from setting this boundary, which only helped increase my self-love, worth, and value. It only seen it grow. Even though it led to us no longer being best friends, the beauty that was found in the most unexpected of places was that I stopped looking for someone else to be my bright place, even in dark times. And I learned to become that bright place for myself. Now, for those struggling to set boundaries, just remember, no one ever said that you had to face this on your own. Just do your best, one boundary at a time. Here are some last minute differentiating phrases between setting boundaries versus putting up walls. And so when you hear these come from other people, this will also help you know where they're at emotionally. And then you can decide how you want to proceed. If this is a relationship you want to partake in, this is where you get to choose where you want your boundary to be placed. So setting boundaries sounds like, and these are four boundary setting phrases. I feel angry and unheard. We've talked about this a lot in the past. Number two, I can feel myself about to blow up. I can't talk about this right now. Number three, I feel defeated and alone. I don't know what to do. And number four, I feel like I'm getting blamed and it makes me defensive. Now, here's what putting up walls sounds like. You always do this, so what I say doesn't matter. You don't want to go there. It's fine. I don't know why I expect it different. And that's your problem, not mine. 
So here are some intentional recommendations. I feel like this topic just kept having songs being thrown at me. Every time I would talk, you know, write down a portion of this talk, I would just think of a song. So every time I thought of a song, I would just write it down for the intentional recommendation. Now, when you set a boundary, what I want you to do is I want you to write it down in your phone or your journal, who it was to, what you said, and how they responded. Keeping track of this will help you see how certain people in your life are responding to your response of self-love. And that will be eye-opening for you to know if they're respecting it, taking it as a healthy boundary, or if they're viewing it as that barrier. Now, there's a book called Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No, to Take Control of Your Life by Henry Cloud. Highly recommend you read that book. That's actually on my list. I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list. And those songs I was mentioning about setting boundaries. So there's three songs about setting boundaries and then two songs about breaking boundaries. So three songs about setting boundaries. Kylie Morgan, Independent With You. Such a good one. Beyonce, Best Thing I Never Had. And number three, Alanis Morissette, Uninvited. Two songs about breaking boundaries. I don't know how to say her name. Fauzia, F-A-O-U-Z-I-A, and John Legend. The song is called Minefields. Absolutely gorgeous ballad. Listen to the acoustic version. Also, the last song for Breaking Boundaries is Anson Sebra called Walked Through Hell. So these are my intentional recommendations. And if you would like to re-listen to this to go over what those boundaries sounded like for physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, what those phrases were, the unhealthy, healthy, this is really, really good tools for you guys to go back to and listen and start listening for how the people in your life are responding. These are phrases that people say without even realizing they're saying them, but you will then know if that's an unhealthy response. They must be in a certain place to say that, but that's where they're at. They're viewing my boundary as this. So now let's dive into that. How come you're viewing my boundaries here or just claiming your intention more? I can sense that you're getting a little defensive when I stated a boundary. Me setting a boundary isn't about you. Let me just clarify. Me setting a boundary is for my own mental health. It's for my space. So it gives and it opens up an opportunity to have that conversation. And perhaps then their inner child's going to go, oh, so you're not responding the same way my caregiver did when they were doing that out of punishment, right? So then there's going to be additional clarity that happens once communication starts. So all of this is a huge communication piece. And I appreciate you guys allowing this to be a forum where I shared some pretty deep parts of my life for the boundary setting, which I will never go back to. I will never go back to not setting boundaries and I hope that you guys can learn from my mistake and I hope that my kids as well do. So thank you guys so much for listening this week. It was very, very deep topic. And of course, if you have any questions, you know where to find me. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review and you can find me on Instagram at my.healing.village or shoot me an email at myvillageofhealing at gmail.com. See you next week.